Hi, it's Chad. And just here at the top of the show, I want to take a quick moment. So I've been doing this show for four years now. It started November 12th of 2015 with an interview with my good buddy, Scott Kelly. It's uh, it's crazy to think we've been doing this show this long. You'd think there'd be a couple more episodes than there are, but we don't ever want to just put crap out there on the radio. Uh, so we, uh, we like to do this whenever we get them right and whenever life allows for us to take the time to do them. Over the past four years, you've been with me as I've been through some crazy twists and turns in my life, from going through a divorce to getting remarried, up and down through jobs, issues, uh, just uh, a plenty. But one of the things that I've always appreciated is how you've told me that this show has helped you. I actually didn't start it so that it would help anybody. I just wanted to put more positive stories out there. I'm so appreciative, and I do not take it for granted, that uh, this show and the folks that have come on the show have helped people through the years. It's just that time of year, I guess, when we can look back and reflect on things, and I don't really want to spend tonight's episode doing that. But just because of the nature of the guest that's on our show this week, I was going through my notes, and I just wanted to stop and say thanks. Thanks for being a part of the show. Thanks for sharing it with your friends. I know that we have our Patreon account, and I appreciate those of you who, who support us there. But even if you don't, one of the best things you can do for us is share this podcast with your friends. I hope that you do, and I hope that they enjoy it as well. Don't forget, you can find this show on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartMedia, just about anywhere you find your good podcast. We really do appreciate you spending the last four years with us. Thank you very much. I'm very touched by all of you that have emailed in, and I want you to know that I appreciate you because you've helped me through quite a bit too. Thanks. You're listening to The Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Hi. How are you? From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, looking right in the heart of Rosewood, this is The Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places that you could be, you decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found over on the Libsyn Network. It is thrown out there to iTunes, Spotify, iHeartMedia, wherever you go and get your good podcast. You can support us, patreon.com slash localbar. It's a great place if you're sitting around and feeling cheerful in this time of year. And you're like, you know, I I really like all those people that do all those podcasts. It would be nice if I just threw them a buck or two each and every month. It's a place you can go and do that. Just pocket change. Every little bit goes to helping us do the stuff that we do. Thank you for all of you who do that. Want to find out more about us, localbarmedia.com. You want to throw me an email, chad at localbarmedia.com. It's a place you can go to do that. Comments, questions, concerns, all that stuff. You can throw them that way. I got to give a shout out at the top of the show. I don't, I don't, I don't do a good job promoting uh, some of the other podcasters that I know and some of the, some of the guys I keep up with. 
and and I I feel bad that that I haven't done this. Um, there's I guess the third episode comes out uh, on Tuesday, December the seventeenth. Um, this podcast that I am I am absolutely captivated by. It's a project from Justin Robert Young, uh, Jerry, ha- as he is so affectionately known by everyone throughout the interwebs. Jerry um, was on this show uh, a year ago in the summer or this summer. I think it was last summer. Heck, I can't remember. Um, but uh, I think it was last summer. Uh, it's a, it's a go back. It's a great episode. Don't listen to it with your kids in the car. It's the only show I got where someone's dropping the C word. Um, but Justin is a, a, a brilliant and very funny guy, and and he he's uh he's got a very interesting background to him. He was a journalism major at Syracuse University. His first day on the job uh, was in New York on 9/11. He, it, if you ever catch him being serious and telling some uh, telling some tales of where his background came from, it's 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 phenomenal. The guy's got a, a really incredible background, and he's a loud, boisterous guy too. So I love him. But he has a new podcast called Raise the Dead. And, and let me just let me just let me just throw it at you this way. When you look back on the 2016 presidential election, and you look at Donald Trump, and you go back 60 years ago to the 1960 election between Robert Robert, (laughs) Ron Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, and Richard Nixon. Which one of those two does Trump remind you of? If you said Richard Nixon, I want you to go listen to the first episode of Justin Robert Young's podcast, Raise the Dead. It is phenomenal and an absolutely fun way to listen to history. Justin um, does this thing on purpose of trying to add more life into into history. These aren't just names on a piece of paper. These are lives. And he does a great job of going through history and, and telling a story of something that he was fooled by himself. And when he started looking, trying to figure out how when he called the 2016 election so wrong, like so many of us did, He had no idea of how much it was like the 1960 election. And it is a brilliantly done podcast. It has been a huge labor for him. This has been coming for a a little while now. And uh, so far, two episodes in, three tomorrow, brilliantly done. So check it out. Raise the Dead. Uh, Jerry, there you go. I promise you one day I'd give a shout out for one of your things. It's taken me like a year. Uh, but uh, it, it is it is really well done. Don't listen to it now. Listen to this. But write that down. Write it down. Raise the dead. Got to check it out. It is absolutely fantastic. Um, it, it, Christmas is almost here. Every year I say the years go by faster. I am now officially an old man because I say that crap all the time. But but I'm going to be honest. I kind of feel like I was in a coma and I missed half this year. Maria and I were talking just the other day about, you know, how quickly everything's gone by. I feel like we were just talking about 
Sterling going to her dad's for the summer to do the swim team, and it's 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 now we're getting ready for New Year's. It's absolutely ridiculous. I can't believe it's going to be here. It, like like any 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 minute now. I feel like I can walk outside and it'll be Christmas. Like damn it, it it's here, and I I didn't realize it. Maria's done. Um, so she's got all the shopping done. She's also done a ton of shopping for a bunch of foster kids. It's crazy all that she's brought on this year. So I'm sure it's gone by faster for her. But I I hope it's going by well for you. I know it can be a, a stressful time of the year, um, and I know a, a lot of folks have a hard time for for many different reasons during the holiday season. So we appreciate you coming on here tonight. This will not be a heavy show tonight. It will be light. It'll be fun. Uh, and uh, I've got a great guest that I just happened to to bump into on Facebook, and uh, she is she is absolutely great. Her name is Lisa Mustard, and she's got a real, that, and that's her real name. Uh, and, and I did I I kind of made fun of it like off the air, and then I realized I was like, oh my god, she's heard these jokes all you know for, for years now. Um, I did not ask her if she married into that name. I am a horrible interviewer. I, not asking the important questions, um, but she is she's she's got a great story and uh, might be somebody worth checking out if you're going through a couple of things that might be a little bit stressful or you're just interested in what she does. Uh, we'll bring that up here in a second. Uh, one one more little bit of news uh, for any of you that are in the Columbia, South Carolina area. Or thinking about doing something interesting for New Year's. If I have not talked about this, I feel bad. But um, Salt and Peppa's playing here at the famously hot New Year's Eve party. It's a it's a big to do here in Columbia. It keeps getting bigger every year. They they put on a a a, a great concert. Uh, usually some huge act from yesteryear coming in with uh, some maybe some local bands. Or some, you know, some other acts from around the area. Uh, this year, my friends uh, from Cottontown Soul Society will be playing with them. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, Mr. Andrew Evans Ace, who was on the show uh, back in uh, May, I believe, May or June. And Shelly McGee, who's been on a couple of times, most recently with her friend Don Merkel. Um, they, that is their band. Our boy Mark Rapp, who was on last year. Uh, they, they, uh, they've got a great, great band. They are a ton of fun and some extremely talented folks in that band. If you are looking for something to do and you are thinking about going to, to, to that, make sure you are there when Cottontown Soul Society takes the stage. They are absolutely fantastic. It's New Year's Eve here in Columbia, South Carolina. If you're from anywhere else in the world, maybe. Maybe do something different this year. Maybe do something way off the radar that no one in your city, state, or country would understand you doing. Why, why go to Columbia, South Carolina? Come here. I guarantee you, you'll have a great time. It'll be a lot of fun. I'll buy you a beer. Um, I have, uh, I've gone ahead. I, I don't do New Year's resolutions. I talk about that every year. And then it seems like throughout the year I've made resolutions. But I, I don't. I really don't make them. Um, but I know, I know one's coming for everybody. It's that damn one that drives me crazy every year. The gym one. <sighs> I try to be patient. I try to be patient. I try to be patient for Ju- for January and February every year. But 
because the gym is packed with all these people that are just there for two months. It drives me crazy. But, but I'm always impressed. There's always someone that I, I and I've just, just the mean spirit inside of me. Yes, the guy who tries to do positive shows, he gets real mean spirited sometimes. The, the mean spirited guy will look at someone and I'll judge them. I'll be the first dude that's not back. And then in June, he's there. And I'm like, hey, that dude's doing all right. Matter of fact, that dude's doing a lot better than me. I could probably take a good lesson from that dude. Uh, but I've joined a, a different kind of gym. And I've, I joined it back in October. And uh, all my friends are like, dude, I don't want to join the gym. It's like it's like expensive. It's not like I'm some, it's, like, it's not like I'm loaded or something and I'm going to some like big club. They had the after we after we're done with racquetball and cricket, we go to the steam room and then we come out and have cigars on the veranda, and then massages and cocktails. No, it's nothing like that, but it is a little bit pricier gym. And I was thinking the other day, and all my friends were like, "Dude, I'm, I'm, I would not go to that gym." I was like, "Good, good. I don't want to be coming in January. Go, go somewhere else." I have joined a gym, though, uh, that I am going to brag about. If you are looking at making a, uh, a decision to get healthy for the beginning of the year, uh, my man Zuby, who was on the show back a few months ago, uh, he talks uh, a lot on Twitter right now about everybody getting ready to make these decisions and why you should do them, and you should. All joking aside, it's, all, it's, it's, a, it's a great time of year, right after the holidays, to, to get yourself going again. Just, just do me a favor here. Uh, do it for more than two months. Make it a habit and make it life-changing. But I've joined this gym called Orange Theory, and uh, I absolutely love this gym. It is great. Uh, it is pushing me harder than I would push myself. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It is a great workout. And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I've gone to multiple ones around the state. If you're an Orange Theory worker, I want to tell you, I love you guys. You guys do a great job. I love your energy. I haven't found a trainer that I like yet. But I'm going to tell you something. I mean, that I don't like yet. <laughs> I said that completely wrong. Uh, I haven't found a trainer I don't like yet. But I'm going to tell you something. There's no Orange Theory gym that I've come around yet. It pushes anywhere as hard as that Forest Acres one. I'm just going to let y'all know. For all of you that go to the other ones, you can learn a thing or two from that Forest Acre one, especially Joey over at Forest Acres. I'm, I, the best classes, they don't let you slack. Man, there's some days I'm, I'm, I'm not anywhere close to where I need to be to start pushing and really, really like, like uh, challenging myself. Oh, they don't care. I'm challenging myself today. And if I don't challenge myself, they're going to challenge me. I love them. It's great. It is a it is a fantastic idea in fitness, and it is something that has made me feel excellent. I, I, I can't really see the difference yet. My wife says that she can see it. Um, I don't really see the difference yet, but I want to tell you, I feel it more than anything I've ever done for two months. So check them out. Orange Theory, fantastic, fantastic group. Um. So I, I I got I got somebody uh, that like I said I, I bumped into her on Facebook. It was one of those meetings. Someone was asking about podcasts in the area. I had an open spot. I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll bring her in and we'll see. Interview went great. I was like, got to put this out to the universe. Uh, I ran into Lisa and I, I really like her story. But what I'm what I'm more interested in is what she does. Um, I I think it's a she's she's not only 
uh, someone who I think a lot of people can connect with and would want to learn more about. But she has such a positive vibe to her. Like you can just tell she's smiling the whole time that she's that she's on the air. Um, I, I really enjoy talking to her. But in the middle of our conversation, it uh, there's something that she said that really hit me that that resonated with me, and and is probably something that that I think this this crowd will will love. One of the, one of the things I get I get a lot of emails sometimes of people asking me for advice on certain things, and and one of the things that she brings up is is one of the top five that I I hear from folks. So I think that's something that I, I want to address, but I want you to hear her story first because I, I think that it puts a, it, it really frames it in, in a brilliant way and it allows for us to kind of delve into it from a different angle. So um, I can't wait for you to hear this. Uh, Lisa Mustard uh, and I had this great conversation from the other day. Check this out and I'll see you on the other side of the break. Very special guest uh, who who you know for for years now I've I've, I've been uh, I've been accused of doing armchair therapy. I have not had a therapist on the show in in like over four years, so I guess it's damn time that I actually have one on. Uh, joining me today is Lisa Mustard. Lisa, how are you? Hey, Chad. I'm great, and I'm honored to be that therapist. There you go. I can come come on your show. I'm excited to be here. So just a couple of weeks ago, I had my first politician. Said I'd never have a politician on the show. Now I've got a therapist. Uh, who knows? Uh, uh, right. Southern Baptist preacher is coming on next. I can I can just already know. feel it. Yeah, I already feel it. <laughs> Uh, so, Lisa, you and I have met um, real briefly over Facebook, and I uh, wanted to bring you on the show today for a couple of reasons. Uh, but first, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do, especially as far as your online presence is concerned. Sure. Well, I do a number of things, of course, like a lot of us do these days, but I am a licensed marriage and family therapist here in South Carolina. Um, I've been practicing. I always get this wrong because I can't do the head math very well, but like 13 or 14 years. Um, I currently have been working for a military branch for the past nine years, so my specialty area really lies in helping service members um, and families. So I that's pretty much what I do in terms of therapy. And I I love it. I love helping our service members and our families. I get a lot of, um, I feel like it's my way of serving our country. But I also do other things. Um, I have a podcast myself where it's called The Therapy Show with Lisa Mustard, where I interview mental health clinicians on, you know, clinical skills and professional development. And I've been able to turn that into um, continuing education contact hours for my my peers and pretty soon um, I'm only I'm only pro- a provider in South Carolina for that but I'm going after a national certification which will then open me up to the whole country that I can offer continuing education for so that's what I do I also do other things like I have a side hustle like a lot of um, probably folks that you talk to um, 
within network marketing direct sales. I love to help other women with their personal branding for social media. So I I kind of have just used and pivoted my skill sets over the years. I'm just, I'm having so much fun and energized for the work that I do. So I guess that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, if, that, if that's all you do. I mean, you don't have yeah, anything else. That's kind of yeah, kind of lazy. Yeah. I can't forget about that. I'm a mom. I've, we have two girls. I'm married to a guy named Billy. You guys might know Billy Mustard. He's he's the one that's from uh, Columbia. I'm originally from Virginia, but um, so yeah, that's that's the other things I do. I'm I'm sure I'm sure I do others like like you probably carting kids around, cooking, cleaning. Um, every now and then I get to hang out with Billy one on one. That's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Well, yeah. you 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 mentioned the military, that, and that's that. I I find that to be incredibly interesting. So so number one, let me ask you. Uh, a question just about how it's set up. You know, a lot of military families move around constantly. I'm sure that is a main cause of consternation for for why probably families come to you in the first place. When a family comes to you and you're working with them, do you work with the folks that are on base when they leave? Do you continue working with them, or someone someone else picks them up? How does that How does that relationship work? Sure. Well, I should probably clarify that I primarily work with National Guard. Uh, service members. So there's a, yeah, so I probably should say that, but I've also worked with active duty families in the past as well. Um, And it's interesting here at Fort Jackson, we do have a lot of support, a lot of services over at Fort Jackson. So it's kind of rare that I actually deal with active duty, um, but I have in the past. I deal more with you know, National Guard is soldiers and airmen that drill once a month, and they are known in our community as like citizen soldiers. So 85% of the time, they're civilians like you and me. They walk around and, you know, they're going to their jobs. They could be attorneys. They could be contractors. They could be truck drivers. But once a month, they come together with their unit and the city that they drill in at their armory and they drill. So that's when they put their that's when they put their uniform on uniform on and that's when I would see them for example um and a a little known fact about our South Carolina National Guard is we are still deploying South Carolina Army and Airmen all the time not like we were you know 10 11 years ago but we still have units that are that are being deployed so this time of year is kind of stressful for a lot of our families because, you know, they're dealing with holidays without their service member around. And so that's actually what I've been. That's kind of like the focus of this season for us is um, the other counselors that work with South Carolina National Guard is um, we're kind of keeping tabs on our families and making sure they have what they need to have a, a low stress, low overwhelm holiday. Um, but, yeah, I mean. It really just depends on the issue. I, I've done a lot over the years with reintegration when, you know, um, I, I always tell people in the community, like, it's really nice to see those commercials and those, those clips on TV where um, you see the soldier come home and it's like this big reunion and the kids are so excited. Sometimes, you know, the dog is so excited, but really we see it and our hearts just warm up and we go, Oh, that's so wonderful. But it's usually sunshine and lollipops for about three to six to nine weeks before issues start to kind of arise. Or that's when I would see, you know, Hmm. soldiers and families coming in to just kind of get some, some support as they reintegrate because their spouse or husband or boyfriend or whatever have been gone for nine to 12 months. So, um, I, I've seen so many things over the years um, when it comes to reintegration that um, I probably have seen just about everything. <laughs> well, 
One of the things that we see a lot, whether it's just you know pure commercialism or a great line uh, for someone to 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 say or a character portray in a, in a television show, but we we see a lot. Uh, of what it's like for the soldier to come back. We read a lot about PTSD. Um, I had a, fr- a friend of mine that was on the show uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, she and her husband go around, and he's, he's military as well, and they go around and speak about uh, PTSD. Mm-hmm. He's found a lot of success with that and, and done, a, done a great job in, in, in helping others here at home. Uh, but I'm always interested, since you, since you deal with families, we... Mm-hmm. I don't want to say we understand the soldiers side of it, but I don't think we really hear that much about the families and the people that are receiving them coming back home. What what kinds of trends do you see there? What what struggle do those family members tend to have when they're reintroducing their loved one back into their lives and back into their sure. neighborhoods? Sure. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I want to share that, you know, not everybody that has reintegration issues, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like a common thing that every, every, yeah. Okay. So, um, some of the things that I, I have seen over the years, one of them, which I think is actually, it's a positive, but yet it becomes an issue sometimes is like, let's just, I talk, when I say spouse, I kind of, I'm thinking about the wives because the majority of, of our service members that get deployed are men. Um, not that we don't deploy women as well, but, um, so what happens a lot of the times is the spouse, the wife, she, you know, as the soldier's gone, like she develops a new skill set, or she realizes like, I can do hard things without him around. So when the soldier comes back, sometimes it's hard for her to let him back in to do things because she's like grown a new skill set or she has learned, um, you know, how to, how to do stuff. And so, you know, he might feel a little bit inadequate. So there's that, you know, when, before I left, I did all these things and now she's, she's doing all this and she won't let me back in. Um, and there, you know, it there could be underlying issues there about, you know, there, there's always, there's, there could always be something going on a little bit deeper. Um, and I always want to encourage people when I'm talking about marriage and family therapy, like, you know, there's three sides to every story. So, um, as a person who is counseling these families, I'm always working to understand everybody's side and I'm working, um, working towards the good and goal of the family, not trying to pick who's right or who's wrong and then side with that person and get the other person to sway. Um, and that's just kind of like, I have to give that plug for marriage and family uh-huh. therapists because a lot of people out there don't know what it's like to go to a couple's counseling or marriage or, you know, family therapy. And so I want them to know, like, we don't pick sides. We're there to hear all sides of the story and work for the good of the family, whatever that good of the family looks like. Like for that family, we take our, you know, we take our own stuff out of it and work towards the good of that family. Um, But, you know, that's kind of one of the interesting things. Now, I'll say a lot of the times children will have issues or will have because maybe that the dad was gone and, you know, he wasn't there for um, birthdays or basketball games or football games. And there's a little bit of resentment. Oh, now you're back, you know, that kind of thing. And you just want to like step right on in. So I have seen, you know, I've seen that. Um, I've seen, unfortunately they come back and they end up separating and, you know, families do end up, you know, sometimes splitting up. And I don't want people to think it's because the soldier comes back with like PTSD and people can't handle it. It's just, you know, deployment is a very stressful, stressful, um, time for a lot of families. And if, if this coping skills aren't there for when the stuff hits the fan, you know, that's just a lot of that's just couples and families anyway, you know, deployment is its unique um, event in itself. But a lot of the times, um, you know, deployment is like the straw that broke the camel's back. So 
you know, Chad, it's like across the board and every family is unique and special. So I, I don't, I don't have an agenda when I meet with a family or a couple, you know, it's more about like, tell me your story and how you guys got here and, um, what, what do you want to work on? How do you want to move forward? And that could look different for both spouses, unfortunately, sometimes. Um, so I guess that's just kind of a, some ideas of, you know, the things that I've seen over the years. I'm trying to think if there's, you know, other stuff that, um, that is kind of common. You know, a lot of the times um, there is that maybe your prior guest spoke about this, but um, there there are things that happen overseas that the soldiers or airmen don't want to talk about. And that can definitely cause a riff in the relationship. And a lot of it could be they're protecting their spouse or their family from what they went through or sure. they're just not ready to talk about it. Yeah. Um and so I actually get a lot of spouses calling me saying, I am worried about my husband. I don't, I can't reach him. I can't get through to him. Um, and so, you know, we kind of make a plan together as to figure out what would be the best course of action for that family. So whereas I'm not doing counseling with them, I'm supporting the spouse as she tries to figure out how to best help her, oh. how to help her soldier. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the other things you said that you do is a lot of uh, branding work. Um, yeah. But um, I I've got to ask a question. You 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 mentioned something before we started recording today. I asked you really <laughs> quick about what brought you here to to Columbia, and and very quickly you ran over the fact that you worked for <laughs> World Championship Wrestling. Please tell me that somewhere in um, your history there is a, a, some sort of branding that's that that jumped out. <laughs> From you jumping off the top rope and landing on someone, please tell me that you were a professional wrestler at one point. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, everybody I, everybody wants to know, like, what was my role? My role, this, okay, so this was at, like, 90, what year was this, like, 97, 98? So it was before internet, really. It was before, you know, phones. I worked in, like, pay-per-view marketing, and I worked in, um, like, fan marketing. So I don't know, do you remember when you – do you remember this at all? Like you used to be able to call into an 800 or a 900 number and get like the lowdown from what happened the previous night on nitro. Do you remember that? Did you ever call that? Okay. I didn't find myself watching a lot of that. So no, Lisa, I didn't. Well, I am sure if you have diehard wrestling fans, I worked for world championship wrestling. I was in the marketing and I worked there when Goldberg was really big. Yeah. Um, and that was a lot of fun. And that's really kind of what had me go, what am I doing with my life and how did I get here? And what, what's, what type of impact do I want to have on the, on the world using my, my good, the good stuff about caring for people and being curious. And, um, and I enjoyed it. I think I was just like, where's this going? You know, how, what, what does this look like for me? Um, and I didn't want to stay in sports entertainment marketing much longer. So yeah, I, (laughs) I lived in Atlanta. I worked for world championship wrestling and it was really fun really, really fun. I saw some crazy stuff. And when I say crazy, I don't mean like, um, insane stuff. I think it was just being in that office environment. You know, the wrestlers really do come in in character at times. I remember like macho man coming in one day in full garb and it was just like normal. And I remember that, like, how are the world, how did I get here? Oh my God. That sounds like a yeah. dream place to work. For <laughs> I some love people, it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think for some people it was definitely a dream for me. It was just like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. It was fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. It had a really good time and they're really good people. Um, 
but I decided to go back to school and that's when I came here to Carolina to go to grad school. So I have, I have two degrees. I have a master's in health, um, master's in public health and health education and promotion. And, um, I was a personal trainer for a little while. And that's when I met my future husband, Billy was actually, we met at the, um, in a CPR class, uh, over there on, um, what street is that? Bull Street, you know, the CPR, the American, the Red Cross. We yeah. met there and then um, he was going back to school himself and we just started working out together at the blot. And that's <laughs> been here ever since. Yeah. And then I went back to school and um, got my master's in counseling. So you that's that's incredibly interesting. Here you are working <laughs> in sports marketing. And and I, I, I know a little bit about that that world. And it, it is it is extremely fast paced. There, there's a lot of there are a lot of headaches that go into that. There's a lot of uncertainty with that, uh, and you don't ever want to be wrong with it. it it's it is, it's an extremely extremely tough situation. But I'm sure it has its perks and it's fun and crazy, like you said. Uh, I yes. mean, anytime you get to be around Randy Macho Man Savage and character has got like like that that would be a highlight of my life like i can mention yeah. getting married uh watching my my child my my child be born and and meeting randy savage in the macho man character that i would i would it would rank somewhat like that i think that would be the ranking i'm not 100 percent. yeah sure. but, well you know it's it's funny you say that because i mean hulk hogan would come in oh um, oh my yeah. god yeah, I know. Like he would come in and um Dusty Rhodes actually worked there and that's like I remember Dusty Rhodes growing up. So yeah. I was like in awe of him, like the American dream, you know. I remember being like, Oh my gosh, my dad loves you. Um and I'm trying to think who else was there. Goldberg was there. Well, oh gosh, the giant was there. Um, who else was there? The giant you mean like Andre the Giant? No, I wish. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Um, he, he died. Was guy. Didn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Nash. Do you remember Kevin yeah, Nash? Yeah, I remember Kevin Nash. Okay. Because yeah. that was the New World Order. Remember I'm sitting here telling you that I, I, I tell you at the beginning of the show that I, I never watched this stuff. I, I know exactly yeah, what you're you talking lie. about. Yeah, I, <laughs> so so here you are. Here you are working in promotion and in, in a in a world that is built on promotion in a sport that is built on promotion. That that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's all self promotion. And and, yep. and 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 you know you've got you've got a, a, a very probably a great job doing that. And, and here you are, and you start questioning yourself about what you want to bring to the world and you you turned around and and you know you took a, a sharp right turn yeah. and went in another direction I, let me ask you a question and, I, and I'm sorry to just to be so blunt um That's okay. how, how old were you when you made this decision I'm curious sure I mean it was 20 years ago so I was I'm 46 so it's 26 years yeah okay. I was 26 so you were 26 26 so about the time that a lot of folks are finally finding their groove been out of college mm-hmm. for a few years, probably had a job or two, and, and are starting to find their niche. You decided I'm going to stick a stick a dynamite in this and completely change what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. One of the things, especially now that you you know when, when you can look back on this and with all the with all the help that you give folks, uh, whether it be with family therapy or, or with any kind of life coaching or wellness coaching, uh, one of the things I, I imagine you have to hear a lot is that people are afraid to change everything because they feel like, well, this is what I do. This is what I've yeah. been doing. If I start over now, I'm having to go all the way back. With your personal experience, what did you struggle with when you hit those barriers? And looking back on it, uh, wh- where did you do things right? Where did you do things wrong? Sure. I, that's a really good question. You know, I think when I was 25, 26, I was just really stuck in life. Um, I was living in Atlanta. Uh, I really just wasn't very happy, you know, and I didn't, 
I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I had a degree, I had a boyfriend, I had this nice life, but I was just not like, there was this undertone of like, I'm just not content. And I knew that where I knew enough that wherever I went there, I was. So I knew it wasn't like, you know, if I just changed my location or change, move to a different city and get a similar job, I knew I had to make like massive change, which is a very scary um, but I also knew that if I wanted my life to get better, I had to do things differently. So I always keep that in the back of my mind when I'm talking with people, when I think about me making changes, because I think it's never too late to start something new. I mean, never, ever, ever too late. I think people stay where they are because they're fearful of the unknown. They're fearful of what it's going to take. They're fearful of what other people are going to think. Like there's so many fears around why we don't change. Um, and a lot of them are just limiting beliefs that maybe we've held for many, many years because people around us aren't changing. Our parents aren't changing. We get the same messages repeated to us by our circle of influence all the time. So, you know, it's a very challenging time when people come in and they go, I'm not happy and I want my life to be different. And I always think back to my clinical supervisor. He would say things like, um, for things, what did he say? He said, um, for things to get better, you have to try different things. But just because you try different things doesn't mean it's going to get better. And I was like, what? I don't, I don't understand <laughs> that. But what he was getting at was, you know, if you want change in your life, you're going to have to do things differently. But you're going to try a lot of things along the way that may not get get you to where you want to be, but you learn from those experiences. And so I have seen it played out enough in my own life that I am just such a believer in that. And I'm, I see it happening in other people that I have countless examples of, of, well, if you want to stay where you are, that's your choice because our life doesn't get better by choice. It gets better by change. So what is that change going to look like for you? And a lot of people aren't ready to take massive change or to make a massive, you know, decision, but they're ready to do little things along the way. And that's what it's about is like the little things that you decide to do every day that are going to get you better to your change. Um, so gosh, I mean, when I think back, I went, I came here to get my master's in public health and education. And honestly, Chad, like I got that degree and I wasn't happy with that either. Like I was not happy for a very long time with my career, with my choices and that, and it's funny that you bring, you asked that question because here's an example. When I was dating Billy, he's just going to love me for sharing this um, <laughs> on a podcast, but so we were together and I had graduated this program. I had a job and I was not happy, but I thought, well, as long as this guy loves me, as long as this guy, you know, reciprocates my love, then I'm going to be okay. Well, he ended up breaking up with me because he was like, you're not a happy person. And I, I don't really, I need you to like, I need you to work on yourself because I love you and I care about you enough to tell you these things. Mm. And that shook me to my core. So I went to counseling. That's when I first experienced counseling for the first time at like 27, 28 years old. And I, um, my therapist at the time was like, you can sit here and talk about him all you want, but if you really want your life to change, we got to work on, you have to control what you can, which is you, you can't control what he does. And that hurt. And that was really hard to understand because my whole entire life, I put it on other people to make me happy. I came to that realization and therapy. So I had to then take responsibility for my happiness. And I just, once I finally got through my head, I started to like work hard and make changes. Um, and I mean, like that's been many, many years. I'm not perfect. I still can fall into like old default thinking patterns and belief patterns, but I'm, I'm much better equipped at 46 to like 
Yeah, what you know what Lisa you're falling into that like that belief system what's going on here what's what are you doing what are you what's going on right here that you're doing this so I'm able to take a lot more control and responsibility for my thoughts feelings and be actions mm. than I was you know 20 years ago so you know it's it's a process it's it's not something that you know happens overnight you don't like flip a switch and you're different it's a process and I always ask people how badly do you want it how badly do you want your life to be different and what would different look like? Like, what would your life look? How would your life be different if you were reaching or being where you wanted to be? What would that look like for you? So if I were to ask you today, are you happy? What would your answer be? And why would it be that? Yeah, I am happy. I mean, I'm not happy like 100% all the time. <laughs> um, but I'm happy um, mainly because I'm walking in congruence. I'm walking in alignment. I'm sharing what I love to share. I love, I'm sharing, I'm working with people that I love to work with. Um, I don't say yes to everything anymore. I don't people please anymore. Um, I'm really just being true to what lights me up. And um, that's, I guess, when I have, when, when everything kind of comes together for me and, and I'm having a happy day or happy moment, it's usually, you know, my values are in alignment. Um, I'm, I call it, I'm a vibe and high, <laughs> which means like I've worked on my personal development that day. Um, I've gotten in my self care and I'm not saying like that takes hours for people, for me to do. It's just, it's a, it's a decision I make every day that, you know, if I, if I know what lights me up and makes me feel good, then I'm going to do those things. Um, so people are always saying, you know, it's, we, it's like, we're all chasing happiness. You know, we all just want to be happy all the time. Well, life is not sunshine and roses all the time. I mean, we're going to face trials and tribulations. We're going to face adversities. That's life. We can't be happy a hundred percent of the time. It's when we recognize that we're not experiencing something that we, that we want to be experiencing, we have to make that decision to, to get ourselves out of it. Um, and I know that's a lot for people listening. They might say, well, easy for you to say, Lisa, I have, you know, I'm dealing with major depression disorder. Uh, so don't get me wrong. There's definitely um, chemical issues going on at play. There's hormonal issues going at play for a lot of people. So I'm not saying for those people out there, like, you know, flip that switch, choose happiness or choose to move <laughs> through it. Make sure you're doing what you need to be doing to work on yourself, whatever that looks like for you. How does all this, you know, going back from your days of, of promoting at, at WCW to uh, building your own self back up and going through having the, uh, you know, having the gall and having the the desire to go back to school and, and, and restart again, if you will, in some ways, even in your relationships. How, how does all this help you with uh, the the other part that you were talking about, helping people build their own brand and their own marketing schemes that they have for themselves? Sure. What, what, what do you think sets you apart from other folks that are involved in that? Does it come from the background that you have? I think, you know, people, when we think about branding, we think about marketing, you know, stories sell, right? Emotions sell. So I, when I'm talking to somebody who wants to build a presence online, I'm like, well, tell me your story. Tell me, let's hear your story because we have to learn. We have to tie in your story. So the people that you want to join you or become part of your tribe will buy into you and what you have to offer. Um, and I think that's really, really important. And it's hard for people to share their stories because they're worried about instead of attracting people to them, they're worried about repelling people, but you, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. So that's important to know when you think about personal branding, like, 
you are not going to please everybody and you don't want to, especially if you are trying to promote something or get people on board with what you're doing. You have to be honest and congruent and share your, your stuff. Um, I mean, there are plenty of people out there who I'm not their cup of tea and, and I've heard from them like, and that's okay, but there are more people who I am their cup of tea. And those are the people that I, I am trying to reach that I am trying to help. Those are the people that, um, I want to work with. So I think it, a lot of it, you know, nowadays with social media, we have these free, free chat, free platforms that we can get on. And I always tell people use social media for your good causes. Like there's enough people getting on social media, complaining about this, complaining about that. And like, I get it. I know, but don't you want to be that person that is like people look to for like, uh, you know, something fun or inspiring or motivating or because we have that power like we can be those people we have these platforms so I always um I always I just want to know what what's your story and what are the benefits of the benefits of people knowing you you know because it's about them it's not so much about you it's how can you share your story and share your good stuff that makes people the hero in their own lives and a lot of that is just, you know, sharing what you've overcome and what you have, what you've struggled with and like how you went through that and how you came out on the other side and what you did, you know, what were the steps you took to do those things? Well, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty impressive. And, and, and I love that advice. And yes, I, I know exactly what it's like to not be someone's cup of tea for a dude that does <laughs> nothing but a, a positive podcast you'd be amazed at the hate mail I get. I get. Really? Oh, oh. oh it's amazing but i you know you never let it keep you down but well listen lisa it's, it's been a pleasure to talk to you and learn a little bit more about you if folks want to find out a little bit more about what you do no matter which phase it is with sure. all the things you have going on where can they reach you and where should they go to find out more about you sure well Thank you for asking that question. I appreciate the opportunity to share. I have a website and it's lisamustard.com. And just like you put on a hot dog, M-U-S-T-A-R-D. That's where I share my podcast. That's also, there's a contact form on there. Um, I also, you can find me on Facebook, um, Lisa Mustard. I have a couple pages. I have one for the podcast. I have one for my um, like personal branding, direct sales. Or you can just friend me on Facebook. That's totally cool. I also am on Instagram. Um, you know, just reach out to me. I will say, I know some people will ask if I am taking on, you know, um, private practice folks. And for 2020, I am considering that, but I am considering doing a um, telehealth platform more than I am in person. So if people are interested in working with me one-on-one um, -on -one via like, you know, telehealth, which would be like Zoom, um, that kind of thing, you know, or Skype where you see each other, but we're not in the same room, <laughs> I am probably going to be taking on some new clients next year. And that would just, you know, send me a message. Um, you can also email me at hello at lisamustard.com. Awesome. Well, Lisa, it has been an absolute joy to talk to you today. I, I really appreciate you coming on talk a little bit about what you do and your awesome stories um, on your website. Are there pictures of you wrestling people or is that I just need to give the, give up on this? I no matter what, start, no matter how deep I dive here, I'm not going to see any of that. No, okay. I mean, I don't think so, because, you know, social media wasn't around back then and cell phone, you know, smartphones weren't around back then. Thank you, God. I always say like because <laughs> I don't know what I you know, I was pretty tame. I mean, I wasn't it wasn't a wild lifestyle because these guys are athletes. You know, they're still they're still, you know, taking care of themselves. Um, but yeah, no, if you, if you go to my website, you'll find maybe some pictures of me and my active wear, like, you know, talking about, uh, working out, but nothing from the day, nothing from the WCW. No, oh, okay. no, well, no, no. 
Well, yeah, a guy can hope. Yeah, it's worth a shot. Well, listen, Lisa, thanks so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to catching up with you again sometime soon. Awesome. This has been so much fun, Chad. Thank you so much for having me. All right, I've enjoyed you. it. Don Merkel. Uh, I get a lot of emails about that too. People asking uh, about Don. Um, so Don is going around and touring, as I mentioned on the show last week. Uh, if you didn't hear it, uh, he is now doing a, a series of, of of concerts in a different way, doing a lot of solo stuff. And um, one of these he's doing is kind of a circuit where they go around to, to these homes and they sell tickets. And they they did one here in Columbia, uh, Sydney, who played sax in the band. Um, is also a chef, and he's he's awesome. He is awesome. Uh, he cooked, had over to Shelly's house, and it was fantastic. I was not able to go. Uh, Don did not allow me to buy a ticket, so I'm just kidding. Uh, but I, I, I actually had another commitment, so I wasn't able to go. But it, it went over great. For those of you that are interested in keeping up with him and his music, you can still go. Uh, Don Merkel on Facebook is a great place to go to find and keep up with everything that he's doing. It may it may still be under Don Merkel and the Blacksmiths. I don't think it is. I think it's under Don Merkel. But, yes, the Blacksmiths are not with Don Merkel for right now. Um, and uh, someone asked if we're looking at doing something. We are. Uh, we are looking at uh, uh, doing some stuff. I think uh, over after the holidays we're going to get together and kind of uh, put a couple things uh, uh, together and might have something to, to um, bring to you here sometime after the new year. Uh, my band Duck and Sims had a gig uh, last week, last weekend, Saturday, no, Friday, uh, down at the uh, Wild Wing in the Vista, and that was a lot of fun. If you haven't checked out Duncan Sims, you can check us out there, too. That is the cover band that I play in. Uh, that one, I, I play and sing and do a bunch of other stuff. Might even dance for you. Uh, you can go check us out over there. But yeah, Don is doing well. For those asking, I uh, appreciate you reaching out. He's doing great. I think his, uh, I think he's already seen some success with this, this venture that he's wanting to go into, and uh, I, I do wish him the best with it because I will never play with him again because of all this crap. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so I love the interview. I love her energy. Uh, you know, look, going and checking out her, you know, some of the stuff that she does, I think is, I think is, is awesome. You know, some of it is branded sure towards, towards women, but, uh, you know, she's a licensed family therapist. There's a lot of what she does for everybody. And I, I really, I really love that story of wanting to make a change in her life. 
I want to talk with you about that briefly today. I, I know that's something that's been a subject of mine in the past, but you know what's funny? I'm amazed at how often people bring that up to me. And it's it's strange. Here are the reasons why. Uh, number one, the reasons why people are has so much anxiety over it. It's because of the linear way they look at their life. That that and that's probably the the number one thing that I see. This is I haven't written any books on this crap, so don't you know? Don't go using me in your school paper here. But I um. I do, I do believe it's everybody looks at their life in such a linear way. Well, I've already made this decision. I've already been doing this. I, I can't, that's going back to a point. It's funny how we do that. We, you know, and I think that's just because of the way that we're brought up. We start, we start going to school at what four or five years old, and then we get out of high school at eighteen. A lot of us then either go uh, to college, to work, uh, to a trade school, military. And there's still an education wrapped around that. So somewhere around 21, 22, 23, the bulk of us are hitting the workforce with a few years of experience behind us. And suddenly going, quote unquote, back to school is a regression. A lot of kids go to you know study underwater basket weaving which when i was in college that was actually a class i'm, I'm not kidding you that was actually a class at college of charleston but um uh, they, they go to study and they get their degree in that and then they realize mm, i can't do anything with this degree i'm going to go back to school and we all roll our eyes oh serial student career student just want to live that college life and, and it's and it's almost ridiculous that we treat them that way it's like no they're 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 going back to better themselves it doesn't mean man you made a dumb decision it means they wanted to do something and it wasn't there or maybe they found something else one of the things that i i have always debated within my own head is should i have gone directly to college i don't know there's a part of me that thinks that I should have been out in the world a little bit to really discover what I wanted to do because, and this this is just a product of someone who's now traveled the world, my world was extremely small for a long time. I graduated high school from a school that barely had 700 students in it. Okay, it was it was it was extremely small. I lived in a town where most of the industry there had been closed for 20 years it was a mill town and hardly any of those mills were working so it's a very different thing to go and find you know when when i when i lived in charlotte north carolina life was very different tons of opportunity and then i found out about oh i don't know the rest of the world and so so part of me thinks that I, I should have gone and, and maybe tried some things and I, I wouldn't have had all this back and forth. But then there's this other part of me that, that thinks if I hadn't have gone to college right after high school, I'd have never gone. I'd have never gone. Um, two things, speaking of Justin Robert Young, two things that Jury and I have the same opinion on and we both get crap for this. The, the two things that it's okay to not vote. Oh my God, people hate it when I say that. I'll bring I'll bring that up next year. <laughs> it's okay to not vote, and college is a sham. 
I, I, I know, I know, I know. There are great arguments for going to college. I understand that. I'm saying on the whole, forget it. I already hear you yelling at me. I don't want to read those emails. Just, just, just know that I know plenty of people that have been very successful. I know plenty of people that wish they would have gone to college because they would have had an easier time. I, I don't, I don't, I really don't want to hear anything. I just, I take, I take all that back. I take all that back. I don't want to go and edit that out, but just, I take that back. I just, let me just, I, I, I have, I have my thoughts and I still have debates to this day about, about certain things. And, 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 and college is one of them. But I do think that when people want to go back and they want to better themselves or they want to try a different path or they want to make a change somewhere in their life, we almost scoff at that. You know, the the days of, of, of coming out of school and going to work somewhere for 40 years and getting the gold watch and then sitting, you know, uh, in your in your armchair watching life go by or maybe taking a cruise every now and then, that, 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 that way of life hasn't been here in, in, in 40 years. The birth of the internet completely changed everything. We were, I was in a um, a leadership meeting uh, about a month ago, and, and a lot of us that are that are managers who go through who hire people all the time, uh, we're we're going through some training. And this this is for our company; it's a major company. And one of the things that they were talking about is like you guys that are looking at how many jobs people have had the past like uh, five to ten years, and if they've had more than like three or four jobs, you're like, nah, I can't have them. They're a job hopper. You're going to need to get over yourselves, or you're not going to get anybody under the age of sixty five to come work for you. And it was it was so funny listening to the HR folks tell us like no what you do is you look at people with good experience you interview them and if they have these qualities you give them that job that they want but if you if you think for one instant you're gonna find someone who's been at the same job for eight years they've probably been there because they're mediocre at their job it was an extremely interesting twist on how to read a resume. I'm not a hundred percent behind it, but it, it, you know it's true. It, in, in, in in 1995, when when you know Monster.com came out, and suddenly you could get on the computer and log on in in a in a minute, see tons of jobs specified for you and the search criteria you wanted. In the area you wanted, that was uncalled for. For, for those of you that that, that 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 are younger than me that don't know this, we were looking in the paper. You would send out letters to find out if companies had positions open. You were walking up and knocking on the doors to see if you could find a way in. Some, I mean, some of you that are bold still do that today. But that's what that's what it was. I mean, the, the idea that indeed exists now on your phone is that really is futurist if you could have gone back to 1998 and had somebody walking around with an iphone looking for a job on a job board people would have thought oh that's like flying cars oh my god they've got remote controlled socks i bet you know it's just it's 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 an amazing thing but there's there's something about with all this opportunity we have in front of us, there's a, there's a part of us that 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 does ridicule those people, and and I think part of it is because we look at things so linear. There's another part of it that I think people feel like they're letting other folks down. Family, I've already gotten to this point. I don't want to start over again. 
I'd have to take a dip in my salary. And, and, I, and I can certainly understand that. Uh, my answer to people that usually ask questions like that, though, and have those parameters around them is, I always like to start with this question. So how many lives do you have? Like, you you won't, you know, what you got to go back $10,000. And maybe, hey, listen, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, I get it. But is there an opportunity for you to make more money with the other job? How about your happiness? What is that worth? You know, working in, in hospice like I do, I don't I don't run into a lot of people that say things like, yeah, I wish I'd spent more time at work. And I don't hear people say, you know, I'm glad I never took that job that would have uh, really made me happy. <laughs> you don't hear that. You never hear that. And so there's a part of me that's, you know, how much does that change mean to you? You know, the other thing, though, that bothers me that I worry about, that ridicule that people get, I worry if it's out of jealousy of other folks. I've had people in my life that I look to for guidance, and then once I got to know them a little bit better, I realized that they probably weren't people I needed to be getting guidance from. And, 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 and just about all of the time, those people, what I saw from them was some type of jealousy. Some, some form of it, that they couldn't do that, that they had that opportunity and they didn't jump on it, that they feel like they've got constraints around them now. There's something really interesting about hearing Lisa say that I wonder what kind of mark I would make on the world. You know, I, I, I wanted to ask her, but I didn't want it to come across as I was asking her to be um, uh, like self-centered in, in answering this, but... You know, I think it's okay to say, what kind of mark am I going to leave on myself? What kind of mark am I going to leave on the people that, that I touch? My, 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 my spouse, my children. I'm not pro-divorce. As a matter of fact, I've, I've done a show on here with my ex-wife. It's a, it a great one. It's the one, her name's Adrian. Go back and look. It's, it's one of the ones from, I think, the first year. And I was all, I've always been really proud of that show, um, just because it really does kind of showcase uh, the 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 communication that the two of us have now. I'm I'm not here to tell you to go get a divorce, but I, I'm using this example just to help illustrate this. I knew that it wasn't working. And I knew I wasn't just unhappy. I was miserable. And I had a beautiful two-year-old baby girl that I was trying my best to focus on. And there's no reason to hang out any dirty, dirty laundry here. Uh, we, 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 there's plenty of, of um, <laughs> armchair quarterbacks when it comes to every divorce and everybody's got their ideas and their stories. And the truth of the matter is you get divorced for reasons. There's quite a few of them usually. And, um, and we did, we have a great relationship now. We have a great, great daughter. We both do a good job co-parenting. Uh, my ex-wife is great with my wife. Uh, the communication is very good. Uh, a lot of people would, would be jealous of the situation we all have on this side. We, it really is fantastic. Um, but 
there was something in it to where one day I was looking around at the impact my life was going to have on me and what that was going to be to my child. And then there was the idea of starting everything all over again at 34 years old. And it wasn't a decision I made just in the middle of the night. But it was a bold one. And I'm glad I made it. I'm not telling you to again. I'm not pro-divorce here. But I'm just saying for me, it was the right decision. That came with a lot of ridicule. Oh, there were some wonderful stories about me. I even think my daughter's been told some things that aren't exactly true. But I'll deal with those later. But there was one thing about it that that I found that there were people that supported me. And, you know, there were even some people that I think didn't really like the fact that I was making the decision I made, but they still were there if I needed them. You know, sometimes we have to sit back and realize that we've got to make changes. Changes in our life, changes uh, in our personal lives, in our professional lives, in our family lives. And it doesn't have to be divorce. I'm not saying that, but, but where our focus is. How much time are we really giving to the people that need it? Don and I talked about this before he went off on his, uh, on his uh, uh, what do you call it, one-man road show. I understood that. It's it's, it's a making big changes in your life because you need to make sure your focus is where it's supposed to be. But you know what? There's also nothing wrong with trying something, and if it doesn't work, trying it another way, trying something else, or going back. The thing I think I hear from most folks who are older and coming to the end of this ride is it's never... Never the things they did wrong. It's the things they never tried. Really, it is. Oh, I mean, I hear some things. I didn't do right by my kids. I should have had a better relationship with this person. My neighbor and I shouldn't have feuded for so long. You, you, you hear some of that. But, but, but almost all of it is I regret the things I didn't try. I'm not a big New Year's resolution guy. But think about this. The New Year's getting ready to start. Everybody's going to want to make the best out of this year because for some reason we live our lives year to year and we look at the calendar and determine whether that was a good year or a bad year. Let me go ahead and tell you what's in store for you this next year. Setbacks, pain, heartache. You know what else is in this year? Prosperity. Someone that you never expected is going to bop into your life this year. A new friend. Tragedy, sadness, laughter. A year is a long time. It feels like it goes by in a flash. There are a lot of of days it only takes one bad day to make you feel like everything's going wrong 
But one great day, one excellent day, one day of you trying something, one day of you starting a goal, and then a week goes by and you're still working on it, then two, then a month, and then you hit that two months. And you're still working on that goal and you're proud of yourself and you get to two and a half and you suddenly realize, oh, my God, I'm moving towards a goal and I have now made a lifestyle change. Oh, my God. There's not a lot that gets better than that. Sure. Sure. Every day you should wake up as if you're giving it the chance to be the greatest day of your life. Sure. But not everything's got to be a home run. What if we looked at ourselves and you thought between now and New Year's, you know what, 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 what kind of difference do I want to make? Where do I really want to be in my life? What, what do I want to be doing? And as soon as it pops in your head, write it down. Because right after that are going to be all of these obstacles that you're going to put down. Or obstacles that you need to think about might actually be there. Let's not kid ourselves. But what if, what if you took those obstacles on? What if you took them on and you decided that you weren't going to let anything hold you back? That maybe you weren't going to succeed, but you're going to try. What would you do? What if you just did a little bit every day? Do you know that when I started this show, I thought I was going to do 20 episodes. I thought I was going to do 20. I've now done 100 more than that. It's taken me a little bit longer than I wanted to to get to this number. But what was funny is after a while, it just became something that I loved. It became something that was a part of me. It became something that was a channel that when I went a period without having, I felt like something was greatly missing from my life. I felt like I was missing that interaction. That I hated not putting these. I mean, I do these interviews. Yes, I do them for you. I do them for me. Like, I love hearing the good news that's out there in the world. It's not cheesy. It's about people overcoming things, trying something different, helping out people, turning their lives around, affecting the things within their reach, making their communities better. That, that's, that's, what I, that's what I love about it, too. What can you do to be a story that needs to be told on this show? What's kept you from doing it before? If the answer is you, then I ask for you to make that your resolution this year. Yeah, yeah, make one this year. That you're not going to let you get in the way. If a young lady who is hanging out with Rowdy Roddy Piper can go from that to helping military families readjust to coming back to the world after they've been deployed, then you can do a lot of things as well. It's about staying positive. It's about believing in yourself. It's about picking yourself up when you get knocked down. It's about surrounding yourself with people who care. Yes, all of that will have an effect on you. But the number one thing is you've got to not let yourself be your biggest obstacle. Try it. See where you are in four years. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, 
head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. Yes, we will see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Check us out. Shoot us an email, chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks again to Lisa for being on the show. Looking forward to next week. Y'all take care. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com.